and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And today on the show, we're talking about bank lending criteria. Now, this is a show that I've wanted to do for a long time. <laughs> and then I realised that it was quite difficult to do the research to get it set up. So the trouble with banks is that they all have different criteria about how much they assume it takes you to live on and how much an extra kid costs in their made-up scenarios. And of course, they're using their own data within the bank in order to be able to predict these things. And I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll go into each of the bank's calculators and mortgage broker spreadsheets, and I'll figure out what the minimum costs are for each. This took me hours to prepare for this episode. Good thing you've got no hobbies, no life, nothing outside of spreadsheets. It it took a long time to do. But I think it's worthwhile because it shows you when a mortgage broker says, oh, it's different for each bank, this is what it differs on. Here are the hard numbers behind it. And even I was surprised by this because I didn't know it, Andrew, even down to the mechanisms that banks use in order to figure out whether you can pass a servicing calculation. And what I mean by that is the income that you have in order to be able to afford a specific mortgage. Do you so, mean like some banks use a UMI, some banks use a servicing index calculation? Yeah, so you'll be familiar with this because BNZ doesn't use UMI, which we've talked about on the show. That's uncommitted monthly income. They use a servicing index calculation where you need a score of 105 plus Which is 105%, right? Is that what it is? Well, you tell me you're a mortgage broker there. Yeah, well, yeah. So what does that actually mean? So what it is, is they work out what your surplus needs to be, and then they have a 5% margin on that for overruns. And if you're buying high LVR, it's more like 150, for example. Fascinating. Now, let's go through the essential living costs. Now, remember, if you put in that you spend $10,000 a month on something, and that's way above the minimum cost to live that banks factor in, they're going to take that higher amount. But these are the minimum costs that it takes to live. So if you tell them that it costs you $10 to live per month, that's what you're spending on food, they're going to use their minimum costs. Because so if this your dairy's is what- girlfriend, for example, they're going to use the minimum. <laughs> that's right. That's one of our co-workers who is very frugal and is able to save a surprising amount because of that. So a ANZ, for instance, for your first person, their minimum per month is $1,262. Very specific, isn't it? It is. And of course, you've got to put a lot of numbers in the calculator to figure out what it actually is. But that's it for the first person. Now, what's interesting is that let's compare that to Westpac, for instance. They change that minimum amount depending on how much you earn. So they assume if you earn more, you've got to spend more. So it maxes out at 240K. And if you earn 240K, they expect that you're going to spend $1,614. And that goes all the way down to $1,240 if you're between 72 and 84K. Now, that's a lot of numbers in there, but I'm just trying to show you the difference that one bank. Westpac in this instance, in some cases, will think that the minimum amount it takes for you to run your life is an extra 350 odd dollars than the next bank. And that's different again from the likes of ASB and BNZ. What are their numbers? ASB, 1856 for the first adult. And for BNZ, for 100k income, it's $1,820. Ed, I've just got a question here. So Westpac, who has a staggered eight 
different tiers. There's actually more than that. It's just that now, after you, I put the did numbers in. Did you break in, the calculator? Did you hack the calculator and go on the back? Or did you trial and error this? No, I wasn't able to hack the calculator because you need a passcode. Yes. So I was sitting there putting in Trying different, different numbers. numbers. And I figured out that if you add, Money. you know, that it wasn't $180,000, which was the break. It was $180,001. You where need to take up a hobby, buddy. I, I told you this took a lot of time. And I want to say again, I, I don't expect most people to remember the detail of this podcast. The key thing is to show you the differences. That for ANZ, if you add an extra adult to your household, the minimum expenses is $616. But for BNZ, if you add an extra adult, it's $320. So almost $300 less. And then you've got, of course, the per child expense. So 100 k income, ANZ says per month it's going to cost you $347 per child. Westpac obviously has 269 for the first child, 179 for the next one because you don't love them as much, 110 for the third one, fourth one's loved $10 less, so $100 a month, and for the fifth one they're only getting $90. If you're receiving 200k per annum in income, your first child costs 347, so you're costing the same as Westpac. ASB seventy six dollars per kid. Is I that think, right? I think there might have been an error in that specific calculator right. because seventy six per kid was too low in my view. What was interesting is that BNZ the minimum cost once you get to three and four kids they don't factor in any additional cost, which is really fascinating in that instance. Again, what I would just recommend as well is some people who are really clever, like those ones of you who are quite nerdy, might listen to this and say, "Ha ha ha! I know what I'm going to do." Now, <laughs> Now that I know that it's $1,200 for an adult and $347 for a kid at ANZ, that's what I'm going to put on my application because that's the minimum numbers. Remember, the bank is going to check this in most cases, going through your bank statements to check what you've been spending three months prior to purchasing a property and making a, a mortgage application. So please be aware of that. Again, we never recommend lying to bank or telling slight fibs to banks. This again is to show you the differences between bank criteria and we've got some examples of the impact on what you can actually borrow and which bank is best for you in different situations in a moment. Last two things which have a major impact that I want to talk about. First is rent coverage or rent shading. What is this, Andrew? So this is the amount that the bank discounts off your rent to account for things like maintenance and vacancy, so your operational costs. So ANZ is 25%, so they will account for 75% of the actual income received. Westpac, 32%, which was actually a surprise to me. And then BNZ and ASB, 20% shading, so 80% of it used for debt servicing. And so depending on how high your yield is, is going to depend on perhaps, including all the other factors, when the banks run your numbers through their calculators, which bank is going to lend you the most money? That's the key thing here. So if you've got a very high yield property, then ASB and BNZ may be a better bank depending on everything else because they're going to allow you to use more of that yield to technically service that debt Last thing, of course, that I want to talk about is servicing test rates. Now, previously, we've said they're all around 7%. We've gone away and actually figured, and again, in some of these ways, we had to hack pretty hard in order to be able to figure out what the servicing test rates are right now. ANZ is the lowest at 5.8%. That is the interest rate they are going to assess your mortgage on. So even if you're only paying 2.3%, they are going to say, well, could you afford it at 5.8%? Westpac, a staggering 7.25%. ASB, 
6.45, BNZ 6.1. So in the terms of the lineup, in terms of how lenient they are, compared to how tough they are, it's ANZ, BNZ, ASB, and then Westpac. Now, just to put this into some numbers, if you were able to get approved for a 500k mortgage at ANZ, and then you went across the road to Westpac, they would only lend you, in this case, 70k less. So they would only lend you 430k if you went to them in that specific situation, if only that thing changed. It's pretty significant. Yeah, so Westpac's not always going to be the toughest, but there are major variations between how much you are able to get from a bank based on their different criteria. And there are spreadsheets that mortgage brokers use in order to be able to get this across the line. The key thing for me is that most people say that a mortgage broker is going to get you a cheap interest rate. Look, the thing is, the mortgage broker is not there to get you the cheapest mortgage interest rate. The job of a mortgage broker is to get you the mortgage. Absolutely. That's the key thing. So especially in times when banks are being really tight, like they are now, it's even more important to use a broker that is not going to just put forward the numbers that you give them to the bank, but is going to help you adapt your mortgage application so that it's more likely to get approved and is actually going to run the numbers across lots of different banks to see where they can get the money approved. And it's so much easier to get a yes the first time than get a no and then try and turn that into a yes. Once a bank has said no to an application, going back and trying to rework the numbers to get a yes is significantly harder. So you want to put the best case forward. So when I was a broker, I'd sit there and I'd say, okay, well, look, you're with BNZ, so we're going to split banks. So let's look at what the deposit looks like there and then let's try Westpac for example because you've seen their ads and you like what they're about so then we work it through that no that doesn't work so okay we'll go to ASB to Goldstein's bank does anyone remember Goldstein? that was so good ads you, those ads actually, were great actually I think about it you seem a little like Goldstein and I probably seem a little bit like the grumpy uh, bank boss the grumpy Australian <laughs> yeah but yeah no and you'd play around with it and then you'd submit it on that basis and have all of it in there and you'd get an approval and banks would know a good broker and a bad broker and so you know 99 times over 100 you get an approval back without any questions whereas if you're the kind of broker that didn't do the servicing worksheet and didn't send it in, the bank would much more likely scrutinise it and do their own and then, you know, they could get a completely different number. So let's go through two examples then and walk through the situation from this mythical person who's applying for money for an investment property and talk about the difference to what each bank would lend them. So I'll go first. This situation is a joint application. So two adults, two kids, two car household. One of the adults has 100k a year income. The other one might be looking after the kids. We're going to say a 30k a year income. They've got a current mortgage of 300k and that's over 15 years. They're going to go purchase an investment property with a 4.5% gross yield. So what are people going to lend them? ANZ, 905k. So Sweet, you'll be able to go purchase something. Westpac, a very, very low 691k. Huge difference. You'll be seeing in there the servicing test rates come through because of that. ASB, 924k. BNZ, the winner, 1.038 million. So BNZ wins out by 114k compared to the next best bank. So the key thing there is choosing the right bank for your situation 
in this case can have a significant difference in what you're able to get approved by the bank. And show us the next one because the next one's really surprising as well. And so next example. one, now we've got one adult, one kid, one car, and the applicant earns 130k a year with a current mortgage of 400k, so a reasonable mortgage over a 30-year term, and we're assuming a gross yield of 4% now for a rental property. Now, ANZ First is 1.05 million. That's the highest. The lowest is BNZ with 790. So BNZ was the highest in the last. Now it's last. ASB and Westpac are in the middle there. So ANZ wins out 183,000 more over the next best bank. So it is a big difference there. There's a lot more purchasing power. It's probably the difference between one property and two. And so the key thing there, again, is you've got to be selective about the bank you choose. And you're not going to be able to figure that out by looking at their ads or arguably even on their website most of the time because you're going to need access to mortgage broker-only servicing sheets. And in fact, when I was going through these, I saw that BNZ's one said, in no circumstances should this ever be shown to the public. This is a broker-only tool. So I'm not sharing this with you, so it's okay. (laughs) I can share the results, but not the actual sheet. So it is very important. And the key benefit, again, of mortgage brokers is not the cheap interest rate. It's not even the fact that most of it is done for you, that you don't have to go visit the banks yourself. The benefit is getting the lending. And a good mortgage broker, and perhaps this is something you should be asking your mortgage broker about if you've just got a referral from a friend, but is you know how many banks are you going to look at or potentially consider? And the key thing as well is you know how are you going to figure out which bank you're going to take my mortgage application to? The key thing is that they're going to be used using worksheets to be able to figure out where am I most likely to get the most money so that you're able to go and invest. And I think that's a conversation also to have with your broker. So if you are an investor that's wanting to repeat the process, remember that if you're going to borrow your deposit from your bank, so say you'd go and take out your loan with BNZ now, you might meet their criteria today. But if then you're going to leverage off and take the deposit and go somewhere else, you might meet ANZ's criteria, but you have to meet BNZ's as well, even for that 20 percent deposit. So if you don't, you won't get that 20%. So you need to kind of be forward thinking about that as well. Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you've got a topic that you'd like us to talk about, send us a text. Our number is 5522. Whip out your phone. It'd be great to hear from you. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Epic Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.